This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 264, airing in late August of 2022. Uh, This is our annual back-to-school extravaganza and acknowledging that many of our listeners are not headed back to school exactly yet. I will say that this is going to be a little bit more of Sarah's energy than my energy as we are recording this um, in mid-August because my kids don't go back until September 6th. But yours are already back, right, Sarah? Yes, mine are back as of today. I know this is frustrating. It would be nice if everyone in the entire country was in sync and we could all experience the pleasure well, of buying fresh We have international listeners too, so then that wouldn't That work is for, true. You know, yeah. Well, we'd never get one time when everyone goes. And and some of it's, I mean, there's a number of districts that do the year-round sort of thing. They have sort of a shorter truncated summer and do longer breaks in the in the middle of the year. So yeah, we we'd never get everyone. It's okay. <laughs> 
That is true. Well, if you are already in the thick of things and have had your kids in school for two weeks when this airs, which is probably true for some people, or if you're preparing for a couple of weeks from now, hopefully this pertains to at least some of you. And hopefully I can get Laura's energy. (laughs) She is literally recording this from a beach vacation. So I can see why you know, we're in a little bit different places right now. We're in the middle of a beach vacation and like the kids don't start for three weeks. So <laughs> it's just the, the back to school energy is kind of not there, but I'm going to channel it. I'm going to do it. We've been back to school a great many times. So I, I'm sure we'll have, yes. have thoughts. Exactly. Okay. So where are we right now? My children are going into pre-K, third grade and fifth grade. And As I've mentioned previously, my kids do go to a private Montessori school that has the kids in different classroom ages buckets that are combined per Montessori tradition. So none of my kids are actually changing classrooms and only one of them is changing teachers because a much loved teacher has retired. So Genevieve will have to adjust to a new main teacher. But um, it actually is like a big year of like not a lot of change for us. We have really a lot of logistical advantages of one school, one drop-off, one pickup. Basically, they allow you to drop everybody off at the same time if you have multiple kids, even though the starts are slightly staggered. And I feel really lucky because I'm thinking about the logistical challenges that I know Laura is likely going to be contending with. But I will say to some extent, this was by design. And, you know, not all my kids necessarily need this different educational approach, but at least one or two of them seem to really, really benefit for it and from it. And therefore, we kind of made the decision that the cost was worth making things incredibly easy for our family. Yeah, totally makes sense because yes, one of the reasons I am not in the back to school mindset is I'm kind of pushing it forward, the logistical hassles that this is going to entail. We have five children in four different schools. So my oldest is going into 10th grade in high school. Then we have two children who are starting at our district's new middle school, which is kind of exciting, except for the fact that our district's new middle school appears to still be a construction site three weeks before the opening of school. Allegedly, the certificate of occupancy is coming through in the next week or two. We'll see. But they are starting seventh and fifth grade there. This is a new thing for our district to make middle school five, six, seven, eight. It was part of getting rid of some overcrowding. Um, and so, you know, it's a kind of interesting study. How do you do that with the minimal amount of new building? And so they built one new middle school. They had two before. Now they will have three. Made middle school five through eight. And so that alleviates some of the uh, elementary school crowding. But anyway, one child going into second grade and one child starting preschool, which is very exciting for my little dude um, going to... It's also a Montessori school, that not terribly hardcore Montessori. <laughs> we've we've experimented with some other Montessori schools in the past, and this is this is not nearly as as uh, people who've done Strange. Montessori know know. There's different versions of you know gradations of of how into it you are. But anyway, it's great. That's where all our other kids have gone to. It's a neighborhood preschool, and so we're excited to be sending him there too. But yeah, four different schools different times, different buses, like the kids will have activities. So there'll be, I just, you know, there's going to be a lot of driving. I'm just sort of making myself okay with that. One thing I have learned over the summer is 
sort of how to plan days, knowing that there's driving at the beginning and end and and how you can organize your workflow with that. And, you know, I won't be the only one driving, hopefully, obviously, that's it. We'll see how that goes, too. But, you know, it'll work one way or the other. There are buses as well. And it might get easier after this year because maybe your oldest will be driving the year after. So maybe this will be the peak. So the the curious part of this is Pennsylvania has various, has these graduated licensing things. So I'm not sure that as a teenager, you can drive younger children. You can drive yourself. I would hope there'd be an exception for your own siblings. I haven't looked into it. I probably should. But uh, yeah, one of the things they do in order to keep, you know, teens from crashing cars with, other teens in them is to sort of limit what teen drivers can do. But uh, yes, if you are the eldest of five kids, it is nice if you would be able to drive. So we'll see. We'll see how that all winds up working out. Uh, But yeah, no, a lot of logistics. The new middle school is farther from our house than the old middle school. Um, The bus is down at the bottom of our hill, which is fine for the older kids. I do not want Alex waiting there on a busy street for the bus. So he's going to need to get driven and drop, you know, picked up many logistics. I, we've been signing up for activities. I, I just, it, the headache, I'm trying to push the headache forward and enjoy, enjoy my you, summer energy. <laughs> I know you don't want to do it yet, but do you, th- I think in that case, I would have to literally write it down to understand like what a play-by-play would look like in the, cause it does sound like it will be complicated. I, I think it will be bit. complicated. And, and yes, there will be a time when I, get this the bus schedules and all that, that I will actually sit down and do the logistics. But at the moment, just kind of putting it off, putting it off. Awesome. Well, this is also our first school year in the last three, I guess, 2020, 2021, and now 2022. That's pretty much normal from an infectious disease standpoint. And I'm super excited about that. My kids were like, oh, drop-off is going faster because they're not taking temperatures, which I had like stopped noticing that they were taking temperatures, but they were taking temperatures even through camp and now they're not. And, you know, obviously people feel different ways about different things, but we are a family that is pretty happy to be just normal. We didn't have any masks and activities are back and school lunch is back. And yes, we've all had COVID a couple times. (laughs) A couple times, so it's all good. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think we're fairly normal as well. They've uh, stopped most of the the mitigation things. We'll see on the preschool. I, I think because uh, they just updated the guidance that people who have been exposed don't need to quarantine. And I think part of the preschool's guidance is that if you know your kid had been exposed, you were supposed to keep them home. And now that, of course, the CDC guidance has changed. So anyway, we'll see. But here, I'm I'm fingers crossed, like that it's going to be just a normal great year. Kids get to go to school in person the whole time. But let's hope for that. So Sarah, why don't we talk about backpacks? Yes, some of these logistical material type things. Well, actually, we don't have very much exciting news to report on the backpack front, except that I will say those classic L.L. Bean bags, not a podcast sponsor, but they really wear very well. So I bought one for each of my kids last year. We kind of go on an every two to three year cycle, I feel like, for buying book bags. And this year they looked great. So I didn't have to purchase one for anyone and I didn't get any complaining. So that was good. Yeah. We have um, two L.L. Bean for the older two boys. And then the younger kids are more into the 
expression that comes from various cheaper backpacks you know what like ruth's is like a fuzzy blue one or something and alex's was uh, camouflage or something we may wind up doing either um because they'll need new ones because of course those only last a year but either the ll bean for them um ruth may be ready to graduate into the ll bean variety i think pottery barn is another one that does uh i've seen good reviews on that they tend to last Good Housekeeping actually had a write-up, and I was going to pull that up because I took a picture of it, if I can find it. We've had a number of Pottery Barn backpacks. I think the backpacks are great. I'm not a huge fan of the Pottery Barn lunch bags Mm -hmm. because they are not machine washable. And my experience with any non-machine washable lunch bag is it's absolutely disgusting in about a week. (laughs) Maybe my kids are just really gross. I don't know. But yeah, but their backpacks are really cute and they do have a lot of different like patterns and for younger kids, like very cute designs. Yeah, Pottery Barn Kids, the Columbia. So, you know, the outdoor company that makes fleeces and stuff, obviously they make backpacks too, but they don't just make pack backpacks. They make academic backpacks too. Um, so those are recommended by Good Housekeeping as well and have good sturdy laptop sleeves. So if you've got high schoolers, for instance, increasingly middle schoolers and elementary schoolers too uh, that have the one-to-one device programs. And then finally, their last recommendation was the Land's End Classmate Backpack, which is very lightweight and yet was still durable. So those are all uh, the ones that were put through the good housekeeping test if you're in the market for a backpack. We'll see. I, I probably am. Henry is so excited. We have this old Lightning McQueen tiny little backpack you can't even fit like a book in there, <laughs> but it's just so cute. And so uh, we'll, we'll probably send him with that just so he can feel excited about having a backpack as well. I love that my kids' backpacks are basically the exact same design as the ones that I used in the 90s. Like the fabrics, the prints have changed, but the like structure of it, like they kept the same. And it's probably because they know that the parents used those backpacks 30 years ago and are excited to buy them again. But I'm happy. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a quick ad break and then we'll be right back to talk about lunches. So we are here doing our back to school extravaganza. This is what episode number five of back to school. This was like our fifth anniversary too. I, I seem to recall that we launched this podcast when I was at this beach house five years ago in 2017. So we'll put in a little uh, happy five-year anniversary to us. (laughs) We're celebrating with our back-to-school extravaganza. So your kids are buying lunch. This is exciting. This is a development. Yeah, I don't think my kids have had a bought lunch since like ever, Duke Daycare. I don't even think we did it at the the other school. Maybe, I don't know, my memory is fading. But um, yeah, we have not done it in a long time. And then the school they go to stopped offering purchased lunch during COVID. So it wasn't even an option, but they got a new vendor and the kids wanted to try it. So it was really lovely not having to pack any lunch boxes. Our nanny does help generally pack the lunch boxes during the week, but it's like, I have to do Monday, obviously. So I could just assure you, my children are eating whatever the hot lunch is every Monday for the whole year. That's good. The end. That's, it makes Monday easier. I gotta say, we, we are, we have a general policy in the family that if you are over age eight, you are responsible for your own lunch. Jasper and Sam purchase their lunches. Ruth 
packs hers many a day. She has some, we look at the lunch menu and order, well, during COVID times, we would pre-order for the days that she wanted it. We'll, we'll see what it winds up looking like this year. But then uh, she packs her own and she gets into the little bento boxes and cool little, like she was scoring the sides of her cucumber to make them look a little bit more exciting. And then I pack Alex's, which is usually very modular because he only eats about five foods. So it's not very challenging to put that one together, but he will turn eight this year. So he will need to learn to put that together himself. So very exciting. I want lunch to not be my problem. (laughs) I um, probably, if I didn't have the help, I would have been more proactive with that. Annabelle does enjoy making her lunch a lot of the time. The other two, I feel like it's not worth the trouble yet, but Cameron is eight. So I don't know. He needs to get on it. (laughs) Anyway, we've had the same containers actually that I just want to give a shout out called lunch bots that I bought from Amazon like 9 million years ago. And um, they go through the dishwasher And they're shockingly like still pristine. And I think it's probably four or five years ago that we bought them with everyday use because my kids were not buying lunch. I guess during when they were home for those few months, they didn't get used, but otherwise they got used. And um, the only issue with them is that my bigger kids are starting to age out of the size of them because they're like more for younger kids. But I feel like it's easier when they're going to bring lunch to just like add extra items rather than to buy a bigger container. So, yeah, we bought a yeah. few of those yeah, padded lunch boxes. I don't know. I wipe them down. I, I can't say that I throw them in the lunch in the washing machine or anything. Maybe my well, given that we only have two kids using them. But uh yeah, my I don't know, maybe my tolerance for grossness is incredibly high or something. That could be what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I um I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it. We do wipe out, we wash out the the bento box. It's like, you know. Right. No, I was talking about the metal, the bent. Well, ours is kind of like a bento box, but it's like a metal container that goes in the neoprene lunch bag. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. The metal container goes in the dishwasher. The neoprene lunch bag goes in the washing machine weekly because, yeah, I don't know. Again, maybe I, it could be low tolerance or it could just be very messy children. One or the other. So tell me about school supplies. How did the school supply shopping go? Yes. We did a pretty seamless day. We just went to Target and Annabelle, the only kid who had like a longish list was Annabelle and the other two lists were so minimal, but I knew from last year and they did it again where they like, they gave this minimal list. And then on like the day before school starting, they're like, actually, we want all this stuff. And since I remembered it, I just got a bunch of extra stuff. So Annabelle and Cameron picked out their own stuff. Genevieve picked out a few things. They didn't require that much. And then I filled in a couple of gaps via Amazon. It was very low key. I got to say. So I had to make up for that by buying myself a lot of school supplies, (laughs) like a lot. I think I made two jet pens orders in the last two weeks. And I don't know, I think it's just the fall energy. And also I was watching some very enticing YouTube videos that jet pens puts out while I was on vacation. And I was like, I want to try that. I want to try that. I want to try that. And I have best laid plans, which feels kind of like an enabler because if I get something cool, I can review it. And anyway, my favorite things that I got are a binder notebook by the brand Maruman. It's Japanese. It has like rings that look like spiral bound, but there's a little lever on the bottom. So they open up. So it's like a spiral notebook where you could like move the pages around. I just thought that was the coolest thing. And it's just very aesthetically pleasing. It sounds better than it that I'm describing it. And then I also got a set of these I'm using one right now. Zebra click art 
felt tip pens, which are a unique product because generally felt tip pens are not clickable pens. They have caps that my children lose and throw everywhere. So this is pretty cool. And they're supposed to really not dry out for at least a year or so. And so, yeah, I'm enjoying it. My own back to school, completely unnecessary school supply. I think it's a requirement. I, I, you know, I, I think if you're shopping for your kids and you see cool notebooks and pens, like you got to have it too. I mean, really, it's just, there's no other way to do it. I'm sure I will succumb as well. I'll be getting cool little notebooks from Target and pens because I need them. Definitely. I need them. Just like I need the 10 other unopened notebooks I have in my desk drawer that are just no longer as cool. I would throw out there, if people are looking for um, new calendars, planners, you should check out Best Laid Plans, Sarah's other podcast. Now is a good time of year to start ordering those things just because if you haven't already, you're going to start in the next like three weeks getting things that start happening in January to need to put on your calendar. And so when you are just sort of writing it, scribbling it in the back of your current calendar or whatever, your current planner, you might lose track of it. So probably in the next few weeks, it's the time to order whatever product you are getting for the next year. And Sarah has tons of reviews up. Tons of suggestions. Yes. So, or send me an email if you have specifics. Sometimes yes. I will do a planner matchmaking. Ooh, that sounds good. So, are your kids doing um, laptops then at school? Like, how does that work for you guys? Yeah. So, for technology, actually, this is like the last year I think that none of them will have like a school laptop or Chromebook or anything like that. Annabelle's homework is generally on the computer. And I think they do a lot of computer stuff at school, but not to the point where you have to bring a laptop or everyone has their own dedicated laptop. They use Google Classroom. They use a number of different apps. She is far better than me at PowerPoint. Like, seriously, she's like very good. So she does a lot of things online, but she doesn't have like a dedicated device. Cameron's class is a mix. I would say it's like more like half and half, maybe skewed more towards paper. And then Genevieve's early childhood classroom, there's no screens at all. So it's kind of gradated. And I'm sure next year when Annabelle goes to middle school, I think pretty much everything is electronic based. Yeah, our kids, uh, our district has a one-to-one device program now. And so Jasper had a laptop they have either Chromebooks or iPads or something um, for the different the different ages. But yeah, all four of them keep track of them, and sometimes better than others. We we've we've had a few um, broken ones or lost chargers, but uh, there's you're required to buy the insurance, so I guess that's why. So far, we've managed to to deal with it. But it makes it easy if they do close for snow, for instance, they can just go virtual, and everyone already has the device. So. Um, however, it does make the backpacks kind of heavy, which can be kind of a problem if you're taking it back and forth every day. Are you getting Annabelle a phone, by the way? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to like figure out why she would really need a phone. The only activity that she does where she's kind of alone and gets picked up is her theater class. Everything else is so close by or there's like a parent staying there. But for theater, she'll get dropped off. And for tennis, I'm hoping to coordinate some kind of drop-off situation. So I am leaning towards actually just getting her a Gab phone to start with, which is like, she actually, I think, wants the watch version. You can call, you can text, but it really doesn't do anything else fun. So it can't really be a distraction at school. I don't have, you know, I don't have like a specific age where I'm planning to get her one. It's more of a matter of need. But I guess I do want to put off the temptation of like, you know, kids get to a certain point in like seventh and eighth grade where like you see them in a cluster and like no one's looking at anybody else anymore. I also don't want to be her to be like the only one without a phone and nobody looking at her. So, you know, you got to straddle that boundary, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, everyone has them and they they use it to 
manage their friendships. So yes, you will in fact cut your children off from everyone else if you are that parent who refuses to. But um, yeah, no, we've decided age 11 is our family policy. So Ruth will turn 11 this fall. And so she will get hers. Jasper and Sam both got phones at 11. And as far as I can tell, seem to be managing it all right. I mean, yes, they spend a lot of time on it. But it's also helpful just for like, I do a reasonable amount of parenting by text. And so particularly with, with teenagers, that's that's how you do it. They're out in a situation, want mom's input, you, you give it to them and, you know, it's a, a way to reach them. The funny thing is we already do a lot. So that's the thing. Like she has a phone that has Wi-Fi mm. and she has an iPad that can text and message and everything. So like that's the funny distinction there is like in some ways I feel like we're just already there. Yeah. Yeah. She just couldn't take yeah. uh iPad really with her to the mall in her pocket or something. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. But yeah, I do text her actually. I'll be, and you know, we've started doing very brief stints of her being home alone mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah. I, it's, it's helpful for her to be able to be texted. Well, that is honestly, so it's partly because Jasper and Sam both have phones that I can leave them and in fact can leave them with the other kids. And I was thinking, well, I do not believe that Ruth is less really mature than, <laughs> than them. <laughs> I mean, even if she is younger, um, I think her her uh, babysitting instincts are strong. And so it's like once she has the phone, I think I will feel even more comfortable with leaving her home alone or leaving her with, you know, Alex for 45 minutes or something if I know she can reach me. And she has an iPad too. And so it's the problem is it just doesn't, I have to figure out how to have it show up on my phone as, because it's me, right? It's my number. So it doesn't, she has, it doesn't look right. Annabelle yeah. has her Gmail linked to iCloud. Okay. So when she texts me, it just comes from Annabelle Unger at gmail.com. So but it, it works it just like it's a phone. flag on my phone because it looks like it's just my number, I guess. And yourself. so I don't see it mm-hmm. unless I'm like scrolling through it. I'm like, oh, wait, there's a new message down here. You know, so anyway, long story. People need to hear about my <laughs> technology problems. Yes. But yes, yeah, she will be getting a phone this fall. And, you know, we'll be in a lot of activities too, I'm sure. So it was helpful for, for picking up. What are, you, what are you guys doing in terms of activities? Oh my gosh, I'm so relieved of what we're not doing. So, <laughs> I just felt, like, wanted to do this yes. dance class and it was at 7 p.m. And I was like, oh my God, really? Like, okay, fine, whatever. And we prepped to do it. And then she went to a trial and she was like, never mind. And I was like, praise the Lord. I feel like I got out of jail but, free. That's like I'm so, so happy. Awesome. I mean, I'm sorry for the ballet studio that they offered the trial class. And like, so then don't get the tuition because you guys are out. But like, it, you know, good for you guys that, that you tried it and now know. Yes. No, I was, I was, I was thrilled. So we're doing, everything's pretty logistically easy. All three kids, Cameron has decided he wants to try gymnastics again. So that'll be cool. They're all going to do it at the same exact time on Saturdays. So like low key, not, not intense gymnastics. Like you think of with like kids doing many, many hours a week or anything. One class a week, all three kids. Annabelle's doing theater once a week. Cameron and Annabelle do tennis at the same time once a week. Annabelle is continuing horseback riding. And then Cameron, I think, is going to do soccer through our, like, community league. I think that's actually going to be the most pain-in-the-butt-involved thing of everything. But he really wants to do it. So whatever. And then I think we're going to do piano in a very low-key way and have somebody come to the house and do some restarting with the big kids and starting with Genevieve. We got all messed up. The kids were doing piano in Miami Beach. And then we did it here and then COVID. And it's really amazing that it's taken, like, two years to bring some things back, but it has. Yeah. Our activity schedule is going to be somewhat intense. Partly it's just that, you know, Alex, for instance, likes lots of different activities. And in general, it's good for him to be out doing activities versus 
sitting at home getting into trouble or, you know, being on screens constantly. It's something, it's a way for him to be out doing stuff. So he's actually, I know we just signed him up for swim lessons. He's doing a flag football league. He's doing rock climbing. He's doing parkour. He's uh, doing this ninja class with Ruth. And that's if he keeps going with karate too. That's another one. We'll see because he needs, he probably should start doing it more often. And I don't know if that'll happen with all the other stuff. But yeah, we just registered for YMCA swim classes this morning. Apparently it opened at 6 a.m. And Michael and I were up at like 6.30 with the toddler here on vacation, as you are. So got to sign up with the classes not full. Humorously, my husband was pretty excited about trying to find swim classes on Sunday morning, conveniently at church time. (laughs) I thought you were going to say like, well, he could work out. And you're like, no, 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 church. church. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So uh, we're working on that. You know, I... I guess I I don't really care. Um, That's fine. As long as I get to go and sing, I will drag some of the other people with me or they can babysit for Henry if we decide that he doesn't need to go too. But yeah, I mean, he's the one with the most intense activity schedule. I mean, the older kids do music lessons. I said, you know, the older ones, they all have to do something musical, something physical. So Sam's doing alto sax and fencing. Jasper's doing tennis and his honors choir at school. Ruth does trumpet and is doing the ninja class. We'll see what else she winds up doing. We're kind of leaving her schedule a little open because I think she's really going to want to get involved in some of the middle school activities. Um, And so if you pack it all full before that, then you don't have the space to try out for the school musical or whatever it is that she's going to want to do. So we're kind of leaving her open and seeing what she wants to do. But yeah, it's, it's just going to be a lot of stuff. I I've, probably need to get on hiring another driver. That's what it will wind up coming to. But, you know. Because everyone needs to be in a different place. It's better to have kids doing stuff than not doing stuff, in my mind. I totally agree. Especially if they, if want, they want to, to do, it. do them. Yeah. I mean, if it's a matter of dragging them, oof, I mean, I've been in that position before and it, I hate it. I hate that as a parent. Like, come on, I signed you up for this. You wanted to do it and you get in that fight. But if they actually want to do it, which I think pretty much everything my kids are doing now, they're excited about and will remain at least excited enough about throughout that I think it's worth it. So it's just a matter of, you know, as you and I know, we're trying to organize our schedules to get our work done (laughs) in the time that is um, even if you do have driving help, you wind up doing a reasonable number of stuff. And so I've just sort of said, I try to do the bulk of my work between you know, it's, it's eight thirty and three, the elementary school kids will leave at about eight thirty. you know, Jasper comes home at three, but often he won't because he'll have activities too. And so, you know, it's like eight thirty to three thirty. And if I consider that my core work hours and I'm like focused on getting my work done, I mean, that's seven hours per workday and it won't be perfect, but like, I think I can get 30 to 35 hours during normal working hours. And then, you know, as we do, we have five hours in the evening and on weekends or whatever and hit my hit my 35 to 40 at least that's the goal so we'll see how it goes i think you'll be able to do it i think so all right so what else do we have on our back to school (laughs) oh just that first morning again our logistics are not that challenging but i do feel like it kind of helped especially with my bigger kids who have been sleeping in and kind of like not having any kind of routine in the morning and haven't gone to camp or done anything for a few weeks, 
Plus, we just got back from vacation. So I wrote out a schedule. I posted it on the fridge. I reviewed it in detail. And they seemed to be like, oh, okay. Like, I think they actually needed that to remember, like, this is when we have to be eating breakfast. This is when you have to get dressed or whatever. We even had donuts that fortuitously, like, somebody gave my husband a box of donuts, someone at work. I don't know. Normally, I would have been like, no. But I was like, oh, first day of school, donuts. That will be popular. Highly (laughs) motivational. And so I got to say, this was probably like, this was like a smooth, smooth back to school. Tomorrow's going to be harder because that thing with back to school that happens is that like you think it's one day like, oh, we did it now. And then you're like, oh, no, we, we got to do it 180 times. more times. <laughs> exactly. And the novelty wears off and everyone gets tired. But today was awesome. Well, that's good. So congrats to Sarah on getting Thank everyone you. out the door this morning. Um, You can all wish me luck for three weeks from, well, from, from when we're recording this. It'll only be like two weeks from when it airs. But uh, yeah, it'll be something. We'll report back on on how it goes. And congrats to everyone who has successfully launched their kids on new school years. And best wishes to everyone who will be doing so over the next few weeks as well. So our question this week comes from a listener who is taking her first trip without children since becoming parents. Oh my goodness. Well, her kids are young, but uh, she said the only night she's been away from her oldest was two nights in the hospital when she was having her youngest. So not exactly a getaway. They are leaving the kids with their parents for four nights while they go out of the country Do you have any advice for your first trip away from the kids? We didn't intend to wait four years to go away, but the pandemic put any travel plans on pause. We wanted to wait until our youngest was a manageable age for her older parents. She says her older parents raised tons of kids, so she's not actually worried about their um, being able to handle the children. And it's exciting that they can bond, but she wants to know any tips on managing being away. So Sarah, first couple trips. Yeah, your setup sounds wonderful. Your parents are super experienced. And I do think sometimes you can feel guilty about having your kids stay. Well, you shouldn't, but I sometimes feel guilty about having my kids stay with a hired caregiver, but I never feel guilty about grandparent time. Like that's, hey, it's a gift to the kids as well. So try to remember that this is a wonderful way for your parents to get to know your kids and vice versa. I would definitely try not to micromanage. I think that's the one thing I've like seen people try to do that can go awry and lead to battles that are probably not necessary, like strict boundaries around food. I mean, unless it's something that's going to truly make a kid sick, you know, letting your parents use their judgment or strict nap schedules. I mean, they're the ones who are going to have to deal with the consequences while they're with the kids. And yes, the kids may be a little keyed up when they get back to you. That's definitely been our experience. But I mean, that's to me kind of like the price you pay and it's it's worth it. But at the same time, without like dictating and or judging, you could put in writing like, hey, this is what they usually do. You totally don't have to. But, you know, if you want to have an understanding of like what their schedule is, if that makes things easier for you or like this is what they usually have for meals, I think that helps. And I do think especially with with older adults, like writing things down is always good because, you know, that way it's like it's there. It's in writing and can be referred to at any time. You don't have to rely on memory or anything like that. And I think if I were a caregiver and taking someone's kids, even now, I would love to have like a little cheat sheet document of like what they normally do. Yeah, no, I think that's great. You know, just broad, generally guidelines and what their schedule tends to be. But, you know, it sounds like the older child is, you know, capable at least of talking as well to, you know, share sort of how things happen and, you know, likes and dislikes with the grandparents. And then, you know, for our listener, I think she should just 
relax and enjoy it. Try not to check in too frequently. Like the whole point is that you want to get away for a little bit because it may be another year. I mean, let's hope not, but it could be a while before you go away again. Like those four days are going to fly by. So don't spend much of them obsessing over how things are going at home. Just try to do some stuff that you and your husband would find more challenging with children around. So, you know, eating at restaurants with no kids menus, um, you know, do something like when Sarah and I had our little retreat together that we we were told there was an hour wait and we're like, we'll take it. We'll sit at the bar. <laughs> Great. We are unencumbered. We are unencumbered. Is, yeah. We don't have to drag out the crayons and the, you know, paper for our kids to entertain themselves for an hour. So I think you should do that. Like try to sleep in, you know, do, um, you know, even like it's fine to have an anchor event or two, but sometimes it's nice just to like do what you feel like in the moment without having to worry too much about, you know, you're not packing diaper bags. You're not doing anything else. It's okay if it takes a little longer. So, you know, if there's things you truly want to do together, a special dinner somewhere, visiting something that you're seeing, that's great. But you can also just enjoy time as it comes and enjoy each other and being a little bit spontaneous in a way that's slightly harder with small children. And I do tend to promise my kids a gift when I get home. And if they're like a little upset about me leaving, as silly as it is, usually that helps. Yeah. I'm going to bring you a present. Okay, bye. Yeah. Now, my husband brings back those Kinder Surprise eggs from Europe every single time. It's like whatever their exciting thing about it. Yeah, so. All right. Love of the week, Sarah. What's your What's your love of the week? I'm going to give a shout out to the JetPen school supply videos. Everyone should watch them. They are calming and pleasing and full of enticing trinkets from overseas. Sounds good. I'm going to say I actually like starting school after Labor Day because there's something just kind of fun about still being on summer break in September. I think a number of years we've been on vacation into September and it's like the crowds tend to be disappearing by that point. You know, it's like, wow, summer and it's already feeling like some of these places are tilting toward fall. I remember a couple of years ago, we were in Colorado and September 1st and 2nd um, because they weren't starting until a couple of days later. And it just always there's already like a little bite of fall in the mountain air. And it's like, but we're still in summer. I love the concept of lingering a little longer in these things. And so here's to a long summer, even though we started later, too. So I guess it all comes out in the wash, but it's fun to have it in September still. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds, our back to school spectacular. We will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.